0: Footprints presents Bridge Builders, a series featuring people who've been promoting exchanges and understanding between China and Britain. This tunnel here is where Goyi first played music when he came to London. And a friend of my mother's heard him play. Thought the music was beautiful and that I would like it, so she invited me to dinner and eat. and that's how we first met. So this place is has a lot of importance to
1: both of us.
2: When I first met Manda, I was instantly attracted to her because of her smile. I guess you could say was love at first sight. In Mandarin, we
3: say, Hello, 你好 My name is Toto, Toto. Me, I'm a vlogger, model and presenter and I live in London too So, what's so special about us as a family? I hear you ask Well, I would say our story is both ordinary and extraordinary Ordinary because we've had our ups and downs like everybody else and extraordinary because I'm a child of two heritages. My dad is Chinese, and my mother is English. In this podcast, I'll be taking you on a journey to find out more about our colorful family history and how that led to us launching our own YouTube channel during the pandemic. I see my mission in life as bridging the gap between the two different cultures. My dad, Guo Yi, is a world-renowned Chinese sheng musician. For anyone not familiar with the sheng, it's one of the oldest Chinese wind instruments. More about its history later. And my mum, Manda, is a professional gardener and designer. But I'm so happy that what Chinese people call Yuanfen, fate, brought my mum and dad together at that party in South Kensington nearly four decades ago, as otherwise I wouldn't be here.
1: The expression Yuan Fen comes from an ancient Chinese and Asian belief that two people are predestined to be together. They are drawn together through an innate connection
3: to the universe. That's Lee Yang, a Chinese cultural expert, helping me out there with an explanation about Yuan Fen. Thanks, Lee. So, Dad, what happens after the universe brought you and Mum together?
2: Well... <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about the young mum and wrote her this letter. Manda, ni hao, ni ho Hello Manda, after I met you, for a long time I couldn't sleep. You gave me a very very good impression and I wish I could see you again.
3: Mom is always embarrassed when dad reads that letter out, <laughs> so dad after that, you both started dating? Yes,
2: that's right. Your mom came watch me when I was basking, too.
3: My parents' upbringing couldn't have been more different. But as they say in Chinese, true love can overcome all obstacles.
2: I was born in 1954 in Beijing. My first name is Yi, means art or number one. I'm the number one son in my family.
3: My dad was one of six children and was the second youngest. My aunts and uncles are spread all over the world. When Dad came into the world, his family lived in a traditional courtyard in the haphazard maze of narrow old alleys known as hutongs or hutong in Beijing. They were like a playground for Dad and his siblings.
2: Even though the life was quite hard, sometimes they wouldn't have a lot of money, quite poor. My dad is a very, very famous Chinese musician, and he plays the violins. And my mother is an English teacher, and she speaks Russian and perfect English. She was a really happy person, and always laughed really
3: loudly. My dad's elder sister, Yen, says that throughout their childhood, music was a very important part of all their lives.
1: So we're living in this compound. Every day in the morning, you see the dancers, and you you hear the music, instrument, vocal, uh, practicing. So all our family got this this influence from my father's side. So we we
3: were very happy. Now, my grandmother loved listening to music, but was tone deaf, apparently.
1: She's the only one in this musical family singing out of the tune. (laughs) Very funny, this is.
3: My grandfather's musical ability lived on in all of his children. My dad had an innate musical ability and learned how to play the shung when he was very young. He can also play the bahu, a Chinese flute. The erhu, Chinese violin, and the konghu, the Chinese harp. In 1971, my dad joined the prestigious Beijing Film Orchestra and became their sheng soloist. In 1977, Dad is very nostalgic when he talks about that period. Now,
2: I the neighbor. Forgot my first performance with the Beijing Film Orchestra. It was magical. I feel so proud to be there.
3: I recently caught up with one of dad's friends, Xiaoyu, who joined the Beijing Film Orchestra in 1978 and now lives in the USA. They played in the Beijing Film Orchestra for five years together.
0: So Gui is a
1: wonderful shang player because His interpretation of music is very precise, very
0: original and um, he really has high standards. Maybe during rehearsal, he will make us do it over and over until he achieves the, the, the results that, you know, the interpretation
1: that he envisioned. It was quite amazing working with him. On stage, he really drew audience towards him, and he was always
3: the life of the party.
1: (laughs) Because he was fun, he was positive, and uh, he can always make you laugh. In
3: 1982, my aunt Guoyen invited my dad to stay with her and her family in London. His brother had already come over to the UK.
1: Well, I just want uh, them to have a chance to see the other world outside of China. So I just invited them to come over. And they love it, and they did it.
3: So after applying for a visa, dad arrived on June 10th, 1984. It was a very big step for him, and there were lots of cultural barriers. One of them... (laughs) was learning English. Dad, what was the hardest thing about learning English? When I was here, I already 30 years old
4: and uh, I never speak any English when I was in China, but I came here, everything I had to speak English. So I I found that when you're listening, oh, so the first, uh, listening for me is really, really hard. But uh, English people speak so fast, they speak like this, sometimes you really can't understand because they speak so fast. That's right, and also, when I'm talking, I maybe most
3: of people, they can't understand what I'm saying. But I can understand. OK. OK. The first few years that my dad spent in the UK were very challenging. He worked part-time in a restaurant whilst trying to learn English at a language school. Then, one day, after seeing some street musicians performing and seeing how much the audience tipped them, he <laughs> had a light bulb moment and decided to have a go at busking himself.
2: I can still remember the first day I basked. It was quite daunting, but
3: at the same time, very exciting because I was doing what I love to do. Little did my dad know at the time, but his decision to start basking would ultimately lead him to my mum about a year later. In stark contrast to my dad's modest upbringing, my mum Manda was born into a comfortably well-off English family.
0: We had everything we needed, but I definitely wasn't spoilt. I did have a very happy childhood though. My dad was a consultant, and used to have family holidays each year. Although our upbringings were very different, like E, I was given a lot of freedom as a child. And music's always been a very big part of my life too.
3: Mum and dad met at a friend's party in the summer of 1985, a year after my dad had arrived in the UK, and they tied the knot on January 8th, 1987. My mum still remembers my dad meeting my grandmother for the first time.
0: Well, I think we were all quite nervous, weren't we? Uh, yeah. Um, because um, I think my mother, actually, she really liked Gui, but I think she came from quite a traditional sort of English background and um, didn't know, I do not think we knew anyone from China before. Mm. And, uh, and Goyi, when we, you came, I think, mm. for a meal, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you were worried you wouldn't like it, so you had yeah. some Chinese food before. Yeah. So you're a bit late. Oh, yeah. So yeah. But oh. you, But it took a, it took a while. Yeah, I think it, it takes did. Takes time, yeah. yeah. And I think you built up a nice relationship with her, especially when she was older.
3: My parents celebrated their marriage by going to China to meet his family and to see his home country.
0: The first time I went to China with your dad, I really loved it. It was all very different back then. I remember looking out of the plane window and there was a woman sweeping the runway with a brush. And then we went to Beijing, so much hustle and bustle. And the sound I really remember most distinctly was that of bicycle bells. I also met Eve's mum and family for the first time, which was really exciting but quite daunting too. She was quite formidable and had been very critical of Eve's girlfriends in the past. Fortunately, I think I passed the test. I think I won her approval.
3: At the time, cross-cultural marriages in the UK were still quite unusual, particularly between an Asian man and a European woman, and there was a clearly defined class system. But together, mum and dad built up a close community of friends within the expat Chinese community, and this helped a lot. One of my mum's closest friends was Kate Burton. Kate, do you remember the first time you met my parents?
1: Yes, we were both married to Chinese men. And so we had a lot in common. And in fact, I still remember the day we met. Your parents invited us around to their lovely flat in Camden, and your dad had cooked some fantastic Chinese food, and it was delicious. And your mum had laid the table in a beautiful way, very simple, but really lovely. And we had a great time. What I remember most is how genuinely warm and funny your parents were, and so incredibly kind. Even in those early days, it was evident that your mum and dad had a deep affection for each other, and humour was very important to them. Manda played guitar and they had a mutual um, passion for music. And Manda always loved your dad's sheng playing. I think it really hit a part in her heart.
3: Kate, were my parents quite unusual at the time, being in a cross-cultural marriage?
1: Well, to be honest, Toto, I think it depended on who you knew and what sort of environment you were in. I think that people were quite interested and intrigued in your mum and dad's relationship because they were quite Bohemian. Your dad was a musician and travelled overseas. And they were in a group of people who had understood what it was like to be in a mixed marriage. And even back then, your dad was very funny and people naturally warmed to him. So on a personal level, uh, he was able to break any barriers. But I do think in general, Britain was not an easy place for foreigners to come to in that sort of way. It was, if you could pay for your opportunities, you would find. for example, if you are a doctor or professional, but otherwise it was challenging. and and the British were not the most welcoming at the time.
3: It was also in 1987 that Dad and his brother started touring with WOMAD. Now that stands for World of Music, Arts and Dance. It's a massive festival where you can hear the best music from all over the world. English rock legend Peter Gabriel and Friends set it up in 1980. Dad and his brother continued going on tour with WOMAD around the world until 1996. And they both loved it.
0: Gui, do you remember? When you went to with WOMAD and you went to Toronto, and you played with Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan.
2: Of course, yes, and we had a fantastic time.
0: And where where did you play with Peter Gabriel? You actually played with him, didn't you? That's
2: in the USA, in the New York. New York. And uh, that's the first time I went to the big big stage, and uh, I played a song with Peter Gabriel. It's so exciting because uh the wrong the. Uh, 300,000
3: audience. WOMAD was definitely one of the highlights of my dad's career. Here's a clip of my dad and his brother playing training horses on the Mongolian grassland at WOMAD at Carlion Bay in Cornwall in the west of England. Dad and his brother also recorded their album UN at Peter Gabriel's Real World Studios in 1990. Important composers were starting to notice my dad and he was invited to play the Shong for blockbuster movies like The Last Emperor. Dad also played the Shong for David Putnam's film The Killing Fields in the 80s and then later for Apocalypto. My dad was very talented, but he also had a USP playing the shung, which was a very distinctive instrument. Here's composer, Sasha Putnam, the son of award-winning producer, David Putnam, talking about the shung's mesmerizing sound and dad playing it.
2: It's actually the most gorgeous looking instrument. It looks primitive, yet incredibly futuristic. And it sounds like the most delicate church organ you've ever heard and it can be wonderfully rhythmic, and then it can be as lyrical as Yi plays it. Yi seems to bring out the the sort of the violin quality of it, the the lyrical line. There's ghosts in there, or there's something in an organic instrument that just stands the test of time.
3: Now I came into the world at 3.30 p.m. on January 17th, 1992 and my parents' lives changed forever. I was born just around the corner from where we live now at University College Hospital in central London.
0: It was really the best day of my life without a doubt. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. You were always going to be called Toto. Dad and I really liked the Italian film Cinema Paradiso, in which there was a character called Toto. And there was also a very handsome Italian football player at the time called Toto Scalacci.
2: Yes, it was the happiest day of my life, too. Because uh, when you were just born, exactly, I have an interview in the BBC. So uh, after you born half an hour, I have to go straight away. And when I got to the BBC, the presenter asked me, Why are you so excited?
3: So I I just told them I just had a a son. I fell in love with Chinese culture from an early age. And as I grew up, I then became obsessed with Bruce Lee and watched every single one of his movies.
2: When you were age about four, you were very interested in the drama and art. I think you were like me. Very open, warm, lovely, artistic. Is it going?
3: Mum was fantastic. She only worked part time as a gardener so that she could look after me as much as possible when I was little. Dad started busking to pay the bills, and I sometimes accompanied him and sold his CDs. Generally, life was quite harmonious. And I'm pleased to say that we only ever encountered the odd racist incident here and there. Like, for example, the time a man kicked over my dad's sign and commented about his eyes. I can remember feeling very angry and shocked at the time. But one of my favourite memories is going to Chinatown for a treat. After he'd been busking, we'd always have dumplings. Dad has always been a wonderful chef and loves getting the walkout out to cook Chinese food. I guess it's given him a sense of connection with his home country.
4: I've been here for nearly 40 years, but my stomach is totally typical Chinese stomach. And uh, when I have uh, Chinese food, I feeling oh, really enjoyed. But uh, sometimes uh, I have to eat man food, but I do really like enjoy a it. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy it as well. But uh, afterwards, I have to have some more Chinese food again. <laughs> you, you often <laughs> yeah.
0: feel like you haven't had enough, don't
4: you? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you put chili sauce on the spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> yes. Soy sauce. Soy sauce. Soy sauce.
0: I've got used to it, but. I do tease him, I say, if you made a really nice Chinese food, would you like me to put mayonnaise
4: all over <laughs> it?
3: Away from dad's career, back at home, I remember feeling quite confused about my identity from a very young age. I didn't feel British and I didn't feel Chinese. I also felt different from other children, and at times it was hard to make sense of that. Dad was often away busking and performing, and I craved more time with him. Dad's absence and money were also a source of tension between mom and dad. Here he is speaking about it in a recent YouTube video.
2: Actually, I spent quite a lot of time to do work, basking and making money. But Amanda did not think the same. She just think we should spend more time with family. And she doesn't carry money very much, but she probably have a nice time, especially in the weekend. But uh, I have different mind because I come from China. I just think uh, I want to make enough money for the family.
3: When I was growing up, we often saw Chinese members of the family in the UK and went to Beijing for a few holidays. But inside, I yearned to spend a longer period of time in China so that I could really experience the culture and fully embrace my Chinese side. I always felt that the clock was ticking, and so finally, at the age of 25, in the spring of 2017, I travelled to China to see if I could find the missing piece of the jigsaw. It was a huge milestone in my life. I started learning Mandarin and did an acting course at university. I've always enjoyed performance, a bit like my dad I guess, and I love being in the spotlight. I was always the loudest person in the room as a teenager. So after finishing my uni course, I got some modeling work because that didn't require me to be fluent in Mandarin. But then I finally got some acting work and I also had a girlfriend. So life was really good. I was in my element, living the dream. Finally, I felt as though I'd found my spiritual home. I loved the culture and didn't feel like an outsider. Beijing is an amazing city. It's a very united culture. It's kind of like one big family. The people are incredibly warm and welcoming too. In March 2020, I came back to the UK to see my mum and dad for what I thought was a holiday. And then suddenly COVID-19 struck and everything changed.
0: Unfortunately, just when you got back to England for a short visit, and then I was going to return with you to Beijing for a holiday, The pandemic started, so you couldn't return. All the borders were closed and we went into lockdown. So dad and I had to stop working. And then on top of that, we both experienced very serious health problems. Dad at one point being hospitalized and me developing an autoimmune disease. So much for you to deal with, but you were and still are totally amazing about it all. It must've been such a wrench for you to leave China.
3: I felt as though I'd not only lost my career, but my dream too. I'd been cut off from my heritage. But like my parents and my grandparents, I'm very resourceful and resilient. I decided that if I couldn't be in China because of the pandemic, I would do the next best thing and connect with Chinese people through social media. Along with my parents, I set up a YouTube channel and started to tell our story. So we put everything together for the pandemic year. I also wanted to share my dad's artistry with the rest of the world. For so many years, my dad has been a busker. I've always felt so proud of him, but I think he felt like he was failing. I wanted to show the world how talented he was. Mum and dad were a bit sceptical initially, as they're technophobes. But then I said, you know what, let's just do it. Let's tell our story.
0: Yes, I had a few misgivings initially, and I also wasn't sure I wanted to share our personal story with the rest of the world. But it turns out it was the best thing we could have done in a really bizarre and isolated period of our lives. It enabled you to reach out to people in China and also brought together all of your skills You're so good at interviewing people and putting them at their ease. I'm really proud of you for doing it.
3: And during lockdown, our videos gradually became more popular. I guess our story was a form of escapism for our audience across the globe. We talked about lots of different issues that anybody could engage with. Love, money, identity, culture. My parents always spoke frankly about everything, which I think was part of the appeal. Over the last couple of years, we've developed a winning formula. Amazingly, we now have about 8.5 million followers in China, and our YouTube channel has been a great way of generating an income during these turbulent times. More than anything else though, it's helped me to connect my Chinese and British sides. I uh, I love you. 20th of May is love day in China. I love this. So,
4: she lo- yeah, uh, come on, bro. More
3: expressive. <laughs> 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 <Wow>. <laughs> During our interviews, we often discuss my parents' ups and downs and our disagreements, and also ultimately why their love has stood the test of time. I recently asked them, what's the secret to a long marriage, particularly a cross-cultural one? This is what they said.
2: A secret? For us, for 37 years together, Manda's uh, answer is because she comes a bigger Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think?
0: <laughs> I, I think also. I think. I think we give each other a lot of independence. it? Yeah. I mean, mm. because we are from such different cultures. I mean, he has a lot of friends that I don't necessarily see that often, and I have a lot of friends. So we have quite. Not separate lives, but we do things separately as well. So when we're together, it's great. And then when we, sometimes, yeah, I think, I don't know what he's saying,
2: (laughs) sometimes. so
0: He might be being horrible about me, but I don't know. (laughs) And and vice versa, probably.
3: One thing is for certain. My parents have always given me bucket loads of confidence and self-belief. And I think I've definitely inherited their sense of humor. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be the person I am today. They have always told me to make the most of opportunities that come my way and to treat everyone with respect. Through our YouTube channel, we hope to build bridges between the two different cultures.
0: I hope that maybe I've increased in a small way an understanding between two cultures, um, really by being married to Gor and knowing quite a few Chinese people, having a Chinese family, having my family. I think that people getting together and talking, knowing each other and realising that actually we often have more in common than we do that's different. But the differences are interesting. Ultimately, I really think there's more that unites us than divides us.
3: My father continues to bring people together through his music, a universal language which transcends cultural barriers. I found out that the music is
4: beautiful language. It's the best language for the all older- the Different people. I was playing music, so many people like it, and bringing old people together. So I'm feeling so happy.
3: As for me, I hope that Yuan Fen, fate, will lead me to the woman of my dreams one day. I have a feeling that that person might just be Chinese. I guess the important lesson I've learned in life is that if you have parents from two different countries, you can embrace both cultures. You don't need to choose between the two. I love Britain for its landscape, people and our sense of humour. But that doesn't prevent me from loving China and feeling a spiritual connection to the country.